the magician's code. Welcome back to The Magician's Code, everybody. My name is Hadlin, and on this episode, we're going to dive into the mind and life of Rune Carlson. He's from Norway, and man, he's an amazing, amazing magician. He specializes in cube magic, and to add to it, he has the title of Golden Buzzer Beater twice now. He has so much knowledge in competitions and magic and Let's just jump into it because I'm so excited to start learning from from Rune. So without further ado, Rune Carlson, how's it going, man? Oh, thank you so much. It's it's good. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super excited. I I've been following you on Instagram for a while now, and I'm just blown away by the work that you put out there and your accomplishments so far. Man, yeah. There's a lot that magicians can learn from you, and. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, be here to learn directly from you as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so, excited to be here as well. Yeah. Now, maybe maybe we can start with the, your, like, your superhero origin story, so to speak. Like, how did you get into magic? Wow. Um, you know, uh, I think everyone says that this somehow had a, a grandfather or something that uh, t- taught them some some kind of magic, but uh, um, but honestly, I, I really had. I did have a grandfather, and uh, he in fact performed magic on me. I, I, he was not a magician or anything, but uh, I believe he he knew like two card card tricks, mm-hmm. and that was it. But you know, he fooled me badly. I guess I was probably about seven years or so when and my interest in card magic already then was kind of big and uh, i think after a while he you know he explained the tricks to me and uh, i think i performed these two tricks on my family and members for years and uh, i still remember those tricks i mean honestly they are quite simple but again uh, simple is good if if they are performed very well so um, they are very basic, and but they use the most basic concepts in card magic. But again, um, a lot of card tricks too. So that was the beginning. Awesome, that that's fantastic. Mm. And uh, I, I just have to talk about the the grandpa side of things because that's that's my that's my origin as well as from my grandpa. He cool. he got me. He he gave me the magic bug, so to speak. Yeah. So I, yeah. I I love that. Yeah. Cool. Now, in your in your early stages of magic, um, how did you start to to build and grow? Well, um, to be honest, uh, I was never, you know, uh, what you call it. I was never kind of a child star in magic, as as we see today. I mean, today we have all these kind of youngsters doing insane magic, or maybe performing on television, or the, all these kind of talent shows, but. The days were different back then. I'm not that old, but I'm, you know, it's like 35 years since. And I mean, there was magic circles and communities also back then, but they were more kind of quite secret. And how would a seven, eight year old kid get back into, you know, these kind of communities? It was, it was hard. And of course, there was no internet. So the closest thing I got to magic was, was my grandfather and the library. Mm. And usually... I mean, there wasn't much resources there either. So eventually, 
you know, I, I bought some books from some stores internationally, like the London um, London um, uh, Magic Store, and also some some locally because we eventually had some um, some magic shops also in Norway. Um, but you know, all through my youth, like from ten to maybe sixteen, seventeen, I was never never really doing gigs or anything. But I would just you know performing my magic, practicing magic. I did everything, mostly cards, but, you know, I was focusing on close-up. Mm-hmm. But after I kind of became maybe six, 16, 17, 18 and started on my uh, higher ed- education, I, you know, I got in touch with other people. And uh, eventually when I finished my graduation or, you know, high school and, and college and there and uh, university, um, I, I, you know, my education is, I'm a... Um, um, economic uh, guy and uh, engineer i started doing a lot of speeches i did a lot of talks i did a lot of courses and seminars for other people and then i started combining the magic uh with these kind of talks and uh you know that was kind of the beginning and that's how all the gigs started uh, coming so yeah that was uh, that was my uh, you know kind of introduction to the the magic life today i love it i love mm. it and and then that eventually led to you competing, yeah? Yeah, as well. And, you know, the competing is, uh, it was more or less, um, um, it started, in fact, in 2006. Mm. So I went to FISM in, uh, in uh, Stockholm, in Sweden, in 2006. And um, I was kind of, I was very interested in competition. I've always been a competitive guy, uh, you know, playing football and soccer and everything. And, and I was watching all the competition acts, both stage and close-up, and I, I loved it. And I was like, I want to be here. Someday I want to be on that stage. I want to, you know, do FISM. I want to do all these kind of magic competitions. And that's how it started. And uh, already the year after I started doing the, the local national competitions and then, you know, kind of Nordic competitions. And then I started to travel around. And it has been, you know, several things that kind of decided my path on the way. But, you know, it started with me just deciding after watching a lot of competition at that FISM. Wow. That's mm. amazing. Yeah. I love that. So how many years have you been competing now? Well, I started in fact in 2007 with the national competitions and, oh, uh, like right away then. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. So, it has been kind of yeah 13 years now and uh, it's uh, many years as uh, as a lot of time it's a lot of money in fact but Mm. um so i went to fesum in in beijing china in 2009 i competed there but you know it was not nothing no uh prizes or awards or anything but it was a nice uh kind of experience and after that i um i don't know if you know the swedish uh magician johan stoll He's a FISM prize winner. Um, he told me and gave me some kind of guidelines and I changed my act I had back then quite a lot based on what he said. And he advised me to, you know, do this competition, then you do this. So he told, told me to do the London International, then you should go to the US and do the SAM and the IBM. So mm-hmm. I did, I, you know, kind of follow his, his advices and uh, that's when it really, really started with a prize in London. I got the 
fifth place in SAM and a second runners-up uh, position in, at the IBM in the US. So uh, that was a really, really um, cool start. And, you know, when it starts like that, you really get kind of hooked on the competitions. And uh, since then, it has been a lot of competitions internationally. And yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Competing is definitely something that uh, I know a lot of magicians think about, but not many actually dive in and, and start pursuing that. Yeah. What, what would be kind of your advice for someone that hasn't even touched a magic competition yet and they want to wow. pursue that? Wow. Um, first of all, um, I really, really recommend it because, uh, competitions is something completely else so if you if you want to do something totally else i really recommend it because uh uh well it's it's challenging it's really challenging because i mean you you are creating act that are in fact going to fool magicians so it's kind of you know special in its own way uh, and you know that the judges are all, you know, really great magicians, probably seen all kinds of magic for the last 50 years or so. And, um, but there is something with the magic competition community that it is completely, uh, you know, it's very, very special. So, uh, first of all, if you want to do it, you should at least, and a lot of magicians forget this and that's to really read and understand uh, the rules of competitions because the judges, they kind of judge you based on some set of rules. And if you don't understand how your act should play based on those rules, when, then you won't do any good. So it's important to, as a baseline at least, understand all these kind of rules. And then it's um, my, best, my best advice if you want to do uh, competitions is really to have great, honest friends around you, kind of resources that can help you. Because um, I think many magicians, they believe that they can do anything themselves. I mean, we are web designers, we are marketing guys, we do the economics, we do everything ourselves, right? But when it comes to competitions, there, there's a lot of stuff. And it's the same thing with talent shows. I mean, going on television or whatever you're going to do, it's, you need someone that is good with scripting. You need someone that, that is good with how you should behave on television, how you should behave with the, uh, the casting company or every, the production and everything. And you should get help from those people that know this kind of stuff. And the people around you should be honest. I think magicians in general are too kind with each other. I mean, mm. if I perform a magic trick for you today and I ask you what you think, you would probably say, cool, it was great, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's actually say it was good, but maybe you should think about this and this because that's gonna blah blah blah. And that's what I want from the guys around me. I want them to be honest. If I suck, I want them to say, Hey, Ruin, this sucks. You should just forget about this and you know get another idea because and that's that's how that has been very important for me that I have friends that really can be honest and uh, of course it's tough sometimes uh, it's not that nice to <laughs> get all this kind of feedback every time but uh i think that's the key uh to uh to um succeed in your competition i see uh, now when you're when you're getting feedback or when you're giving feedback to another magician should you wait for them to 
finish their their set their performance before giving any critiques or should you stop it right when you see something no i think if well, I've, I've been working with a lot of magicians that has uh, asked for uh, for help from me, and uh, what we usually do is they perform the act as they would, and I, you know, keep on doing notes, and maybe they perform it even twice or, or three times, and then we break it down and see why do you do this because this doesn't apply to that, and then we just, you know, kind of destroy the act into small pieces and try to right. make make everyone understand why and what is what, what is the storyline why do you do this and uh, because and i know this as a fact myself but when you work on the act everything's everything makes sense for you right right but for other people which probably they are correct it doesn't make any sense so you need all this kind of feedback and you need to break down break down your act into pieces and then try to put it back together again and uh it's a huge job um i remember many many years ago i think it was in 2010 i had a lot of help from another guy he works with television and i had an act that was about 10 minutes and when he was finished with my act, it was like six and a half minutes. And we have, it was much stronger magic. Oh, and wow. Awesome. Completely different, but it was the same effects, but much, much stronger. So, yeah, you can get a lot of great help from even people that, you know, don't do magic. Uh, they just uh, uh, understand maybe the entertainment part or uh, other aspects of, uh, um, yeah, you know, performance. Right, right. How would you suggest someone go out and find uh, this this type of team to help them? Wow, um, uh, that can be uh, you know it can be can, can be even be the closest friends you have. I mean, if I look at my list of, I think I have like fifteen people around me that I uh, you know uh, ask for help. Um, some of them even work in you know some of them work in television some of them work with newspaper some of them are really good magicians some of them are just really good in theory they know a lot of theory but they don't perform anymore uh so how do you find them i think uh ask around and uh, mm -hmm. i think i mean everyone knows a lot of people and if you don't know them maybe your friend knows someone so uh and honestly i think if you ask people that has this kind of experience they are most likely what will welcome uh, to to help you i mean uh, i've been on the uh, the talent shows a couple of times now and i still uh, kind of ask myself why doesn't more people ask for for uh, help because the first thing i did before i entered the um, talent show was to go and talk to previous um magicians that has been on the show and get their feedback how was it what did you like what didn't you like uh what if you could do it again what would you do differently what is you know do you have some kind of secrets what happens uh, in on the on the casting is there something i should know is there something i should uh you know so there's a lot of stuff and there's a lot of experience around there that you should just uh, dig into it and I think more magicians should ask for help. We, I mean, we are we are magicians, but we we don't know everything. And uh, yeah, as much as we'd like to pretend we do, yeah. we don't. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, ask for help. That's and I really enjoy that 
that advice because I know for a long time personally, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've had the mindset in the past where it was like, okay, I can do it. I'm going to do it myself and I'm just going to distance myself from everybody and do it myself. Hmm. But now I've un- begun to understand. And now with your advice here, it's like, yeah, man, in order to become the best entertainer that you can be, you need help. You need to surround yourself. You need to grow. And what better way to grow than from other magicians or people that are better than you? Yeah, exactly. And of course, there are people that, you know, succeed in doing everything themselves. There will always be. But as a general, you would you should get some help because there's so much experience out there that can really help you uh, on your on your uh, travel. And it'll help you get there faster too. Exactly. Because now you're on their shoulders, essentially. Yeah. Man, I love it. I love it. Now, what do you do when you when you're preparing for any any competition? Actually, let, let's maybe is there a difference between you pref- getting ready to to do like FISM versus um, got, the Got Talent series? Oh. Yeah, yeah, both yes and no. I mean, uh, um, I think the way I kind of practice for uh, for uh, all kinds of competitions are very, very special. Uh, and pro- probably people will call me crazy, I guess, but I do so so many strange things because when you do competitions. Um, it's, if it's television or if it's big stage at FISM or other magic competitions, there are some kind of aspects you never can prepare for. If it's the lightning, if it's the uh, sweat, or if it's uh, the nerves or anything. So I try to create these kinds of elements when I practice. Oh. So this means that um, I could get up at 3 or 4 a.m., just go straight to my, you know, magic room and perform my act three times. Very tired oh. and just get straight up from bed and just do my act. I could um, even during daytime, uh, just, you know, to get the pulse up, I would run the stairs up and down like 10, 12 times just to get the pulse up because when, when you do the um, uh, competition, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. So I try to you know, kind of get stressed. I try to do my act with a, a lot of loud music on. How would that affect your performance? Uh, I even try to do my act in, in blind. Uh, try to do it with your, your eyes closed and see what happens uh, wow. or just turn off the lights um, or even try to do your act without talking, just do the movements. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, different kinds of uh, how you can practice. Because I think, I think a lot of magicians, when they practice for uh, competitions, uh, they just do the act and they suspect that the act will work like this when you go on stage in the competition, but they won't because there's a lot of stuff that will happen always. So Practicing for competition is all about um, minimizing the chance that you will do so, uh, or, you know, have a mistake that you haven't experienced before. Right. So it doesn't matter if you have a uh, mistake on your performance if you know how to handle it, right? So you just need to do all the mistakes before the competition. That's so smart. Yeah. And um, yeah, 
maybe I'm, you know, kind of sick in my head. I don't know, but I, I try to do all this kind of strange stuff just, just to, you know, get comfortable. And when I get to a competition, I know I have, um, you know, performed or um, practiced as much as I can. And uh, I think I'm, you know, usually very ready for the competitions when I finally get there. That makes perfect sense to me that every, every nuance that you're going through, it, it clicked in my head. It like, of course you, if people aren't practicing this way, which I don't think they are, then they need to 100% because wow, just to be prepared for anything that could be thrown at you. That's so important. So yeah, how would you, how would you imitate, um, like maybe the heat of the lights. Well, no, that's that's a very uh, difficult thing. Um, I, well, in Norway, we, uh, we all uh, all houses have these ovens uh, where you uh, light up fires, right? right. So I uh, can even you know put on the fire even during the summertime, just Ooh. you know get it really hot inside, and, uh, and that's that's a good uh, that's gets a good thing as well. And one of the you know um, things I have had problems. Uh, practicing with and that I experienced uh, when I went on the Norwegian Got Talent with Rubik's Cube because I spent a lot of time preparing for every kind of outs and errors and mistakes and everything and I even you know I spent so many so much money on even just the stickers on the cube to make sure that I had stickers that was looking good on television. What I didn't prepare for was that when you get in that studio and you have all these kind of different lights, you have red lights, blue lights, uh, you know, then the stickers suddenly, uh, you don't see the difference in all the colors. So uh, some of the white could suddenly look like yellow. And so that was, uh, you know, kind of difficult and surprising. Um, uh, so you can't prepare for everything, but I think if you prepare for as much as you can, uh, those kind of surprises, you know, isn't that hard to, to handle anyway, but uh, you will always get some kind of surprises. Right. So instead of having like 10 surprises, you just get one. Exactly. I love it. That's, that's so smart. Thank you very much for, for teaching us that. That's, that's so valuable. No problem. I also use a lot of video, of course. I mean, uh, people say that you shouldn't use uh, mirrors. Uh, I also use mirrors, but um, I use the videos, but I use several videos at the same time. So usually have maybe two, three or four cameras running uh, at the same time, or maybe just one, but try them from different angles because Okay. If your magic looks great from one angle, you can uh, make sure that someone else is looking at your from a different angle. So uh, you need to take care of all the angles. And uh, when you go on television, at least you're not in charge. They are in charge. They control the camera. So you right. really need to know how to uh, handle your angles. Right, right, right. So, so you get no direction as far as, oh, hey, during this time of the act, you should be using this type of angle? Yeah, well, it all depends on you also as a character. I mean, if you are like maybe 10 years old, you go on television, they would most likely just ask you what to do. And um, of course, then it's a totally different story. But if you are experienced and, um, and go on a television show, you most likely, if you tell the production how you want it, it's going to work good. That's, that's oh, I what see. I 
I, you know, when I got to the production or on the audition, I even had the manuscript and the script and I just delivered like seven or eight pages with the script and they were like, wow, okay, we're going to do how you, how you, um, how you say it. So it all depends on how you prepare them as well. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now you've been able to, to do very well in these competitions and you've gotten two golden buzzers. Can yeah. we, can we maybe like dive into that story? Sure. Hear more about that. I'd love to know. Yeah. Um, you know, it talent shows. I, I, I don't know how much, uh, you know, the listeners know about the talent shows, but usually talent shows is, um, uh, at least the got talent, um, series, they, they always, uh, cast people as well. So there are a lot of, um, uh, participants on the talent shows that are casted from some kind of companies. And I guess it's because they want, you know, certain levels. So the, the candidates as well. And, uh, I, w- I in fact has been asked to join Norwegian Go talent for, I think seven years. And <laughs> I always said, no, uh, <laughs> wow. and, yeah. And the reason for that has <clears throat> been that, um, I think it's very difficult for a magician to succeed in those kind of uh, competitions. Now, if you look like five, six, seven years back, there was no magicians doing really good on talent shows. Mm. If you look like the last two, three, yep. four years, there has been several good, like Shin Lim and everyone. Uh, but there has been a change in how the production and how this kind of uh, uh, show has been produced. Uh, it's very hard for a magician to do something in two minutes when you normally would maybe use five, six, seven, or eight minutes. Right. And, then you, and then you compete with a girl and that most likely will, you know, get tears in eyes in the eyes of all the people in the audience after you know three seconds because they have a beautiful voice so it's kind of a very difficult uh, uh setting so i yeah i said like no to the to the casting company for like seven years or so but then in uh 2017 or 18 I was asked again, and, I, and I, I was just about to say no again. And then she said, uh, well, I know you're going to say no, but uh, <laughs> then she said that, well, she's been to some of my other shows, uh, you know, kind of corporate uh, gig shows. And she, uh, you know, had seen me doing a lot of Rubik's Cube. Uh, which is just, you know, kind of a small part of my usual shows. Uh, okay. And then said, what about if you, can do Rubik's Cube because no one in Norway has ever done that. And then I said, well, yeah, maybe. Um, and then I said, maybe you can, if I could go on uh, the show and uh, have this character that I'm kind of a 40 year old geek that has been, you know, doing uh, Rubik's Cube since the eighties, that would be cool. So that was the idea, not to um, mention that I was a magician. So that was the, you know, the really idea, but, that didn't work. So I was the magician from day one. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it went well. I mean, we went to the audition in Norway and uh, it was, uh, it was a very different kind of competition because it's television and, uh, and you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. There are long days. There are so many people and everything. And, but 
I had prepared very well. I had even before the audition, I had prepared all my acts. So if I was going through the audition, I had, you know, I had created all the acts for all the parts. So I, um, you know, I was ready for the competition. I think, and that's another tip for people that want to do well in talent shows. You should, you know, kind of prepare for your for your whole journey uh, because it makes it easier when you got, get through. So assume that you're going to be at all the different stages. Absolutely, And that also, uh, because during your uh, journey in in the, um, in the talent show, you, you are supposed to deliver maybe videos or maybe documentation on what you are supposed to do. So I always delivered, you know, like seven, six pages of scripting. I did video materials, which was, you know, good quality. So I already, before I even came on the audition, I had established that at least I'm going to be professional. So it's up to the judges to, you know, you know, value my performance, but at least the production already loved me before I came on stage. Mm. And in, in talent shows, in TV shows, what the production say, you know, they have a lot of sayings in, in, right. in, at, the, at the audition level. Yeah. So you got to be their friend. Yeah. Right, right from the get-go. Okay. You should. So, yeah, I got the uh, Golden Buster in Norway. Norway is a little bit different from uh, some other countries. When you get the Golden Buster, you kind of, uh, you skip the, uh, there's a kind of a middle part after auditions. Uh, they call it uh, the judge election part. So you, you don't have to do that part, but you have to do the semifinals. So you get to the semifinals and um, I got there. I won my semifinal and then I got to the final. So uh, it was... Um, amazing journey i was uh they called me the cube guy um it was um yeah it was really special for me uh, i had a, I had a blast in norway it was really really cool and also the response after the talent shows and you know the increasing gigs and everything has been just awesome so it uh it it definitely helped your career absolutely yeah yeah oh, amazing yeah and so in Norway, uh, what's the entertainment industry like? Uh, more specifically, like magic and the reception of it. And yeah, you know, um, I, th- I think um, I think many magicians, you know, all over the world, think that their country isn't as good as other countries when when it comes to the level of professionalism in magic. But to be honest, I think Norway is just as every other country in, you know, in general. Uh, I believe that the situation is just about the same as in many other countries. It seems to be like a kind of a baseline of magic that is pretty similar in all countries. Uh, I think uh, uh, magic is still being kind of introduced to many as uh, 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 introduced to many children at the the early age and they love it. And for some, very few, it becomes a hobby or uh, for some kind of reason. And, um, and there are probably many different reasons why people get into magic, but yeah, that's another uh, discussion. But in Norway, I believe the magic community here is, it is like all other countries. Um, but you know, the country is not that big. We are about 5 million people here, but we still have maybe like 300 magicians, but maybe wow. it's not that many professional magicians though. Mm. Uh, um, but we have a kind of a magic club here uh, that does public shows every five or six weeks. And uh, um, there are, 
it's increasing, I would say. If you got like 10 years back, um, the um, entertainment industry maybe didn't, you know, book that much magicians or, but today it, it's, it's much better. So, uh, but it's not like in Norway, we don't have, you know, kind of the big stars of magic. I mean, if you look in, in to some other countries like Spain, you have all these great names. Even they are probably probably very known uh, for the lay people as well. But in Norway, not that many. Even though we have some, um, and uh, but it, you know it's getting good. It's getting better, and uh, I believe uh, we are competing in the lines of uh, comedians and stand-up comedians. So uh, uh, you know it's it, it's it's okay, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's very important. We need to, as magicians, as the community, global magician community work together and, you know, we're essentially not competing with each other, but we're competing with other styles of entertainment, other genres. Absolutely. I, I firmly believe that and agree with you on that. Cause if we could all just come together somehow where lay people are just addicted to magic shows, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's all they want to book. It's just magic shows. That's perfect for everybody. It is. Right? Just, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's already enough work to go around, but imagine that world. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Now, just to, on a side note, how's the skiing in Norway? Oh, skiing. Well, you know, the winters here are fantastic usually. Uh, but, you know, it, it has changed. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I, you know, we had all this kind of snow just uh, outside the house. This year, uh, at least here in Oslo, where I, uh, I live, we barely had any snow. Uh, you know, but, that, you know, that's on the, on the kind of ocean level. But if you go up in the mountains, it has been just like crazy. It's, you know, yeah. weird meter up so yeah i don't do much skiing these days i did a lot of skiing in the youth but i do uh, you know some snowboarding and some slalom and some cross mm-hmm. when i have the time yeah love it yeah I, that's that's one of my other passions aside from magic is is hitting the slopes so i'm oh, always cool. always searching for new mountains to hit and so when i when i start traveling and i make it out to norway one day i'm definitely gonna go to the mountains oh you should <laughs> call me yeah so now so norway and then sweden you also did that got talent yeah and i did was that uh, after yeah, it is. Sweden uh, was after? Okay. Yeah. So I did Norway's Got Talent. And uh, first, that went pretty good. And uh, then, you know, as, as in Norway, they also do casting in, in Sweden. So the casting company uh, contacted me uh, after the Norwegian Got Talent and asked, hey, do you want to join uh, Sweden's Got Talent? And in fact, I said no again. <laughs> it's not, I'm not rude or anything, but yeah. you know, it was so much stuff happening after Norwegian Got Talent, so I didn't have time. Uh, but I said maybe the year after. So uh, we hooked up again in, uh, this year and, uh, or in 2019, and um, I did it. So uh, yeah, I uh, joined the, the Swedish Got Talent, and uh, you know, Sweden is our neighbors, and um, I guess I wouldn't have done this competition if it wasn't that uh, my my wife is in fact uh, from Sweden. Right. So, and you know, between Norway and Sweden, it has always been kind of a 
uh, what do you call it? A ra- kind of uh, rivalry of sorts. Rivalry, yeah. So, uh, but it's kind of a comedy thing, but you know, it's kind yeah. of serious as well. So uh, I had to have something to play on, you know, I couldn't come there as a, you know, complete Norwegian nerd and try to do, be funny and, uh, and uh, win uh, the Swedish art. So, you know, we played a lot on the, um, the fact that I had um, a Swedish wife and that we are going to, or at least going to get married uh, this year in, in, in Sweden. So uh, that was you know, kind of the game plan. And uh, I think it, you know, it played well again. And, you know, the most amazing thing with uh, Sweden's Got Talent was that I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You had seen it. Of course you mm-hmm. saw that audition and the guy that gave me the golden buzzer, Alexander, yeah. he honestly <laughs> hates magic. It's the worst performance art ever. So if you look at any talent shows before on Sweden's Got Talent, if there is a magician, you know, he's just, he's always on the buzzer. He's just, not the buzzer, but the, the, uh, uh, so um, when he gave me the, the gold buzzer, I was kind of, you know, you get shocked. And even, even in the newspapers in Sweden and all the media was like, wow, Alexander gave a magician a golden yeah, buzzer. He leaped for that thing yeah. across the table. I know. So when yeah, watching yeah. both of your performances or the golden buzzers, I just had goosebumps run up the back uh, as soon as he got it. I, I could almost feel the emotions through the screen. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah and, and in fact, I mean, emotions, they are, uh, they are really hard to fake. And what you see on, on the television, you probably will see some tears from my eyes. And that's, that's uh, honest or real tears. You know, you get emotional in, in, in uh, these kind of situations. There has been so much work and then you, you know, get revealed that way. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, it was enormous. Absolutely. So this... The second goal, this is the second golden buzzer, and this brings you straight to the finals. Is that correct? Yeah. So in Sweden, they do that. They um, send you directly to the finals. So you skip the semifinals, and then you are into the finals, mm. which, of course, was a little bit different. Um, so is but that then- why you chose to perform? Because I, I, I didn't look at all, every single act, but I believe your your audition for, for Norway versus Sweden, you used... Uh, different routines exactly but then when uh, you went to sweden you used a routine that in norway you had on your second level that's true so after i was finished in norway i i had this feeling you know i kind of evaluated my three appearances in norwegian got talent and for sure this audition was of course cool because you got the golden buzzer the, but the semi-final that was the killer the mm-hmm. The sign cube in the jar is just a, an amazing effect, and you know everyone just goes crazy. So, I, so I decided if I'm going to Sweden, I'm gonna hit hard on my audition because I don't want to, you know, save my good stuff for later. I want to go with you know the best I have on audition, and uh, if I go through, well, then I'm just gonna make sure that I have some killing effects in the, in the final as well. I really wanted to push. Uh, one of my the best material I had, and I also you know kind to try to rewrap it a little bit differently uh, performed. So I you know came in with this uh, big Norwegian box just to yeah. uh, make sure that in this that was Norwegian, <laughs> and inside this box there was box and box and box, and finally this uh, as, um, uh, this uh, and then sign. the golden box. And, yeah, so that there is a nested box effect, and uh, the box 
the last box is in fact a golden box. Uh, that was also, you know, kind of a plan somewhere back there that the last color should be golden. Um, and it worked, didn't it? So yeah. uh, inside that one, it was never <laughs> the sign cube in the, in the jar. So yeah. It's it. It's almost as if you not only blew their minds with an amazing performance, but added in some like mind, mind magic yeah. and suggestion, some hypnosis on them a little bit, just to subtly suggest, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, yeah I love it. I yeah. love it. Thank you. And I, I, I'm, I only say that just as like. I, I hope it doesn't take away from because that performance was amazing. Like yeah. that performance deserves Golden Buzzer 100%. It's just that one little tiny part that really, really stuck out to me as when I watched it. I love uh, it. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. Thanks. So, in that routine, that specific routine, you, root, you routined it so well. It, uh, did you have to change anything for TV? To make it uh, more TV friendly. Yeah, I, I changed quite a lot, and I always, at least in the talent shows, I really wanted to uh, use all the judges. I wanted to include them to you know make them part of my act because uh, there's a lot of magicians that you know go for one favorite. She's the most famous, maybe judge, or she's the influencer, or what whatever uh, it is. Uh, and for me, it was, you know, in include them all and make them lo love you. And uh, so there is always something you need to change. And every TV setting is different because the angles are different. The camera settings are different. So, um, yeah, you, you, you really need to work on, uh, at least I did. I, you know, I, I don't like surprises. So, I, you know... But, when I arrive at the studio, I always make sure to know where, where are the cameras uh, and then, you know, go backstage and prepare for that. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's the first time I've seen anybody perform with a cube and, you know, it almost, it almost felt as though you had like this card routine going, but then it was a cube instead. And like, it had a very, very unique and cool feel to it. So I, that's another one of my favorite parts about it is, you know, how, how natural it seemed. And yeah, it's just, if it feels like that's this part of you, you've been cubing for quite a few years then. Like, yeah, I will. I mean, um, in, and the truth is I, of course, uh, as everyone else, I did, uh, I did cubing at, in the eighties. I, I learned the cube, but first back then it was reading manuals. It was reading books. Yes. And, uh, if you compare that to today, if you learn uh, cubing today, you just go on YouTube and it, you know, yeah. <laughs> and learn uh, a cube within days. But yeah. back then it was like months and months of practice. So yeah, but uh, as a as part of my magic shows, it has been maybe I've been doing that now for maybe five years. Um, uh, but for me, cubing is of course there's a kind of a there is a level you need to really learn cubing. First, there's a lot of you know yeah there are gimmicks in cubes as well. But you want you won't create good magic if you don't know how to also solve cube fast. Right. So What's your speed? What's your time? Well, your my average time. 
uh, my fastest is 22, but it, that's not <laughs> that's not very fast. It, it's not that it, well. It's fast for that's um, really fast. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not fast enough for um, kind of solving it uh, as part of a magic act. Uh, then you should uh, maybe be like 10 seconds, right? Uh, and you know, getting from like 30 seconds to 10 seconds, I don't have time for that anymore. Yeah. And I'm, old but um but uh you know oh, it's, uh, yeah i just i just love cube magic because what's cool about cube magic is that it's it's so new and you see the development coming in almost day by day there are new moves there are new theories there are new gimmicks and new everything so it's like it's like uh when card magic you know kind of was uh, beginning in uh, like for 100 years ago and and now there's a new revolution with uh, cube magic and it has been fantastic to be part of it from day one and uh and uh yeah it's uh, i think it's uh, gonna be a couple of good years with uh, cube magic still yeah i i really enjoy cube magic and especially mm-hmm. yours i've i've only just like tasted that world a little bit I've been able to get my solve down to like 30.5 seconds. That's good. But uh, I just, I know that I need to, so I I think I got my F2L down, but then it's the, what's the last OLL and and PLL, right? Yeah. That, that is what I need to to learn next if I want to get faster. I think like I really need to understand all of those in order to progress is what I think. What what would you suggest? Well, um, to be honest, um, of course, there are a lot of uh, algorithms to learn at the OLL and PLL level. But again, if you, I don't know if you have a smart cube. Um, so for the listeners, if they don't know what a smart cube is, there you go. Uh, smart cube is a cube that, of course, is electronic and uh, oh, it can talk wait, to what? an app. Oh, what? Wait, what? That oh. exists? Yeah, so uh, of course the listeners want to see this because we are sitting on video here. But uh, a, a smart cube is a cube that has electronics inside it, and it talks uh, via Bluetooth with your uh, telephone. And basically, uh, the app can tell you how to solve it. But the, the nice thing with this is that you even get apps that you can compete online. Uh, so you can I could compete with you now. We get the same scramble setup, and it's a go, and then we try to uh, beat each other. But the good thing with those kind of apps uh, is that they analyze how you solve the cube. So basically, the, it will tell you, well, you use eight seconds on the white cross, you use uh, 22 seconds on your F2L, and then you use 10 seconds on L, OLL and 12 seconds on the PLL. And for me, when I look at the statistics using a smart cube, I still spend too much time on the white cross and on the F2L. Mm. OLL and PLL is, you know, kind of, it's not fast, but it's pretty fast. But um, the white cross and the F2L is still too slow. Interesting. I didn't even, wow, of course, of course there's a smart cube to make you better at cube. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> of course. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. That's the, uh, is it called the smart cube? No, there's several smart cubes. I mean, uh, you can look up the Geeker, you can look up even yeah. Gong has their uh, cube. And yeah, there's several smart cubes out there. Yeah, because they have smart, what is it, smart uh, footballs, smart basketballs, and they like analyze the spin and speed. Of yeah. course, there's one for cubes. Of course, there is. <laughs> oh, I love that. 
<laughs> and I see your background. I know people aren't seeing uh, this right now. They're only listening, but you have your Mario, you have your, your cube in a bottle, you have your cards in a bottle on oh, yeah. in your background there yeah, and yeah. Uh, a bunch of your trophies. And yeah, I do. So this oh, I is love my, that. a little magic studio. Yeah. That, that Mario effect you did with the, you made it look eight bit because you had uh, the cube, right? And that, that was perfect. That, what a perfect pairing to create the an eight bit Mario picture with a cube. Exactly, and also a callback to the eighties and everything. So uh, it's a it's a like a perfect match for uh, for creating history. So mm-hmm. yeah. How do you, or not how? Maybe where do you draw your inspiration and your creativity from? Oh, um, people kind of maybe think that I'm, uh, you know, get influenced by, because they know me as a close-up magician. Of course, for the last years, they know me a lot because I do the, the Rubik's Cube and stuff. But I watch all kinds of magic. Uh, if, if it's children magic or if it's mental magic, mentalism, stage, illusions, you know, it doesn't really matter because... W- what I like is how they present the magic. That's what it's all about, right? It doesn't really matter what kind of magic it is. It's all about the presentation. And for that, you can watch anything. And in fact, um, I don't know if you've been to Blackpool Magic uh, Convention, but that's the, you know, the No, it's the biggest magic convention. That's the, in the best world. and biggest, right? To, yeah, like that's, exactly. a, that's a must for magicians, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, no, there. I need to go. Yeah, you need, and uh, we should hook up. Anyway, there's a every year there there's a children competition. So you know they they um they have this competition for uh, children entertainers, and I always watch that because I, I I really love it because you know if you can entertain kids, I mean then you can entertain anyone and see how they you know you know do these things with kids. It's it's so difficult. So uh, basically, I just get. Uh, my creativity from watching all kinds of magic, but also I do, uh, of course, I also watch a lot of comedy. So um, that's also part of it. And uh, and now you know, I also look uh, or watch a lot of uh, TV series, no non magic th- things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I live like a twenty four seven life. You know you. Once you, at least once you have been on the on the competition uh, journey, uh, you really get hooked on magic. You you know kind of think about methods and presentations all the time, and you just want to do it better and better and better. So, uh, but yeah, give it again. I, I just love magic, and you know, it's I think it's a kind of a lifestyle, isn't it? I think the next FISM is in Canada, in Quebec. Yes. Yeah. Um, if everything that the world's going through right now, I guess resolves itself by then i don't know but I, yeah would you be going to that fism uh, the plan was to go to quebec and compete yeah. uh, but um you know i recently got a new kid and oh, wow. there's been congratulations a lot of changes in the life and uh, also the act that i'm you know kind of planning is far away from being finished so uh, uh it won't happen in quebec but my goal is uh for the next fism after quebec so three years after that again so so we'll see mm-hmm. uh but again to, to do fism you need to do 
a lot of other competitions as well. So you need to prepare for FISM by doing uh, several other international competitions to make sure that your act are, you know, kind of polished and good enough for FISM. So, right. You need to kind of qualify to get there. Yeah. Also, you need to qualify to get to FISM. So uh, usually you do that by maybe going to the European FISM uh, or Asian FISM or whatever, wherever you, wherever you live. Or you can even uh, also... Um, uh, qualify by uh, doing some national competitions as well. It all it all depends on where you live in the world because uh, for some countries it's easier to qualify, uh, but again for others like Spain that has so many great magicians, it's it's of course uh, much harder. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh man. Yeah. That's always when I started magic uh, really seriously. That's always been on on the on the, kind of like the back of my mind is something that maybe one day. And I, I think, I think I will one day. I don't, I have no idea which one, maybe it'll be like 2030 something, but I know one, <laughs> one day, one day I will. Cool. And uh, I'm going to start implementing all these tips that you've been, you've been laying out today because I know that those are super valuable and uh, I'm going to put them all into play. I think even some of your practice tips would apply really well for like even a, even like a ticketed event or a corporate event too. Absolutely. Uh, it can work for, and even for other kind of arts as well. I mean, uh, uh, it's not rocket science. It's just about creating, uh, you know, kind of an atmosphere that will apply to what you are supposed to do in some month's time. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't, yeah. So um, most of those tips are probably uh, useful for all kind of, uh, artists. What has been your biggest challenge in your career so far and how did you overcome it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've had quite some challenges. Uh, I mean, there has been so many, uh, competitions to climb and, uh, I also, as everyone else had, uh, the door <laughs> kind of slammed in my face several times. And, it, you know, it's, I think it's uh, when you decide to do such a journey and if you succeed, it's not always only positive sides with that because uh, I, th- I think the community at sometimes at least they are maybe the envy some something you do or i don't know it's you you also make some um enemies on the way so that's you know kind of hard to accept but then you just you need to just move on and uh think about your career and what you want to do but uh um that's kind of sad but um yeah. i've always kind of believed in myself and uh, also um uh, believed in the expression that what you call uh, everything is possible so that's my kind of lifestyle and i just uh, follow my follow my goals and i've always had in norwegian we call it hairy goals but maybe uh, you could call it crazy goals okay so with high goals for yourself in life and i always write them down so for every year i had the kind of a bucket list of everything i want to do and uh and uh, I think that's the only way to achieve something. You really need to write it down so you can uh, 
uh, go for your goals. So, I mean, regardless of the doors in my face uh, and what others have said, um, you know, I've always believed in myself and, you know, the, my way of doing it. So, but by believing in myself, having lots of good and honest friends around me, you know, has been maybe the most important thing. I love it. Mm. That's awesome. Now, wow. Yeah, there's, there's so much, uh, there's like this whole, in in the magic community, there's a, I don't know why there's like this negativity that floats around every once in a while, but yeah. it's, uh, I, I see that going away for the magicians of the world. I, th- I feel like we're moving into a new, new era where everyone will just be loving and accepting of each other. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Maybe that's something good that comes out of this Corona situation as well. People <laughs> you know, start to care more about each other and accept what, what we are. Right. Exactly. Now, have you had like a hard loss? In your in your competitions, I know those are generally where you learn the most from. When you like the any type of a hard situation that you come across, that's like how you grow the fastest or the most. Was there ever a hard loss for you uh, within Magic Life or Magic competitions or any yeah, like competitions? You know, yeah, yeah. Like, was there? Did you ever have a loss which was like your hardest one? And did you ever ever have a victory that was like your greatest victory? <laughs> well, um, yeah. I mean, I have done, as you know, several competitions and done well. But there has been also competitions that I didn't do well and where I probably expected to do well because, you know, you kind of compare yourself with the other acts and you have some kind of feeling how you will do. So uh, I've always said that if I'm satisfied when I leave the stage, then I should be satisfied, whatever, you know, kind of price or position you get. And that's has been very important for me. But in the beginning, that was kind of uh, something I had to remind myself. So just keep in mind, if you're happy now, keep happy. So, right. uh, yeah, I had competitions that, you know, was tougher to accept than others, but, but again, um, it has been the other way around as well. I, I still, people ask me, Hey, which competition or what kind of result are you most satisfied with? I mean, you've had so many, uh, nice achievements. And the strange thing is that probably, in, nine, in 2012, we went to the US, uh, me and a, a pal, and, and we did uh, two competitions. So it was the SEM and the IBM. And at the SEM, the Society of American Magicians, I positioned fourth or fifth, I don't remember. But it was kind of disappointing because one of the judges, uh, he in fact claimed that he understood everything. But... Uh, I don't believe he did, uh, but at least that's what he said. But but uh, anyway, the good thing with the SAM is that I can still say that I placed before Shin Lim. That's a good thing, right? Nice. So I don't know. I probably Shin Lim doesn't remember that competition, but it was kind of early in his act as well. So and his life in competition. So uh, that was a good thing to take uh, with me from that competition. And and still the second position, the runner-up position or award in uh, the IBM, uh, is 
probably still the one I uh, love the most. I mean, IBM was, it's so, so special. It's probably one of the biggest conventions. And uh, there are so many great magicians there and the level of magic is so high. And then, you know, me from little Norway and get the second prize. It was, uh, yeah, completely uh, surprising. I love it. So, man. yeah. Love it. The, that these stories are are getting me motivated. I want to. I want to just want to go out and perform. But then, I remember. Um, we, <laughs> right yeah, now, it's kind of hard to. It is. Um, right. Do you have any tips for people that are like myself, who you know, and other magicians? Like we can't go out and perform for people. How do how do we come up with the, an idea, but then implement it without having an audience? Well, um, I don't know if I have a you know good answer on that, but I, I, I don't find the situation we are in now with the corona very different from you know my usual days because my usual days uh, are probably the same. I mean, I get one ID and I work for a very long time planning that you know and structuring it and you know writing the script and changing 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 even before i perform it for the first time so for me i mean we've been in this corona situation for two months now or something it's not that long to be honest uh, okay. i can work on my stuff for more than two months so uh um for me it's it's not very different uh, yet but uh, we'll see if it kind of changes but at least here in Norway now it seems to um, getting better we are you know uh, most likely uh, at least during the summer I think uh, it will be better so they are even opening now for uh, for magic shows again at least for smaller groups of people so we are getting back into business very very soon excellent yeah and and I think uh, even for Canada, we'll be able to do very small shows. But then um, my uncle just, he changed my, my frame on it. And he was like, you know, you could have a show of 20 people, but if the tickets are like 20 bucks or, or more per person, that's still a good show, hmm. even though it's only 20 people or a small amount of people. And I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, change my mind because normally used to do in like corporate events and whatnot of upwards around 300 plus people. Right. And it's, if it just feels different, but it does. What's, what's your favorite magic moment of your entire life so far? Wow. Um, I think that's very hard to define. I mean, I had so many great experiences through the years, but you know, um, becoming a dad two times is probably more magical than anything so mm -hmm. uh but for the magic part i mean if you focus on the achievements and you know many people as i said earlier think that winning first prizes must be the you know kind of most magical things to achieve but uh it, it isn't as i mentioned the second position in the ibm runners up was probably the most amazing thing that has happened to me but also um in 2013, I believe, I won a competition in Italy. It's what's the close-up uh, convention uh, competition there. And I didn't know this before I, I was uh, going there, but the first prize was uh, an invitation for 4F. 
And uh, I don't know if you know What's what that? 4F is. Oh, you don't know, right? No. Uh, 4F no. is, um, it's a magic convention. Um, so basically it's, uh, it has, you know, existed since like, at least 1970s from 1970s it was by invitation only and uh it's um it's uh, it's the kind of a close-up convention and this you know claim that is the most pre- prestigious gathering of close-up magicians in the world okay so every year they have um a convention in the u.s and only people that are, are invited or are members are allowed together and to you know be invited you probably would need to win a competition of some kind of rank and maybe a fishing prize or something or you need to be advised from you know someone that are already members and the way it works is that when you're in like my case uh so when you get there you need to perform there are about um uh, three, maybe 15 or 16 gala shows in the five days with, you know, the most amazing magicians in, in the world. And um, then you have to perform and uh, you get your eight minutes on stage. And after the performance, you are told if you are getting back next year. So there's a three year um, uh, kind of uh, qualification to become a member. And I mean, uh, the guys there are, you know, uh, there are all these kind of famous magicians. I mean, members of 4F, it's uh, names like, you know, Rocco, it's Angela Gia, Christian Engblom, you know, Sean Farquhar, David Stone, David yes. Beam. So the, wow. all these big names. And I remember my first year there when I, you know, did the competition or did my competition act and you come on stage there are around 200 people in the audience and uh, you, you barely see anyone, but you see the first row. And there you can see Henry Evans, you see Sean Forquer, and you see all this, you know, in your eyes, <laughs> legions, right? And yeah. supposed to perform your act. I was like nerve-wracking. That must be crazier than... Crazy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So being part of 4F is probably what has changed my magical life the most. I mean, the guys there, it's the most beautiful convention. Everyone shares everything. It's a 24-7 magic convention and, uh, you know, all all the well-known magicians are there. So Shin Lim hangs around there and, you know, mm-hmm. shoot a gob while everyone. So, yeah. And that's uh, Fector's Finger Flicking Frolic, correct? That's true. That's true. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. I'd never heard of that until just now. That's amazing. Oh. That's so, amazing. Yeah, another cool thing with the 4F is so you can't you can't even see if you go to any magic convention in the world and you see someone wearing a little pin on their jacket, it has four uh, Fs. It's like FFFF. Mm-hmm. Then you know that there are members of the 4F. And uh, then they probably you should probably ask them to do a magic trick for you. Okay. All right. Yeah, because the, they're going to be the legends. <laughs> yeah, usually they are pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Can you can you share a story from your life so far? Of course, uh, where magic has helped you, but outside of performing. Yeah. So like uh, in a, yeah. yeah, I understand. Um, well, for me, magic, you know, has been something special for many years. I mean, 
maybe without without being too direct, uh, I believe every person kind of has you know tough tough periods in their life, and you know that also goes for me. And in the toughest days, I believe I believe uh, you know when you believe there are <laughs> no bigger holes or darker place to be, I I've always had my magic, and it has you know taken me out of you know darkness and into some kind of creative creative atmosphere that has kind of kept me going and, you know, kept me up. And in fact, I think my most creative periods and the period I won maybe the most international awards was probably the same time. So as my, you know, my life was at the toughest. So for me, magic has been kind of, uh, not the lifesaver, you know, but it has been very, very important for me to, you know, keep up. And it has, you know, kind of... Uh, um, made me do something creative and good with my life, even though it has been really tough. Mm. So, um, um, yeah, I, I think it. you know that that is as personal I can be about my you know kind of right. magic and without yeah. going too <laughs> personal. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand though. That's that's powerful. That that yeah, like that's powerful, man. Uh, I'm I'm very happy to hear that that that's, it's it's done that for you. And I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for thank sharing you. that. Uh, do you have uh, a definition of magic? I think that's very, very, very difficult. I mean, magic is, it's so much, right? I mean, yeah. I think magic is, yeah. you know, magic is a feeling. It's a kind of a performance. It's a situation. It's maybe something you even can't describe. I mean, how often have you heard, you know, people say, people, you know, express like, oh, it was so magical. Well, what does that really mean? I mean, it means just it was very special, I guess. It was maybe very unique. It was very maybe undefined, but in a very positive way, right? So I think mm -hmm. for me, you know, magic is, it's, it's so much, it's very complex, but it's, it's, magic is kind of an art and the skill of performing mysteries, I guess, you know, that creates com some kind of very special feeling for your audience. So uh, it's hard for me to you know, define it another way, but it's a very complex feeling that is, um, is very, at least, mysterious. Right. Love it. Mm. Love it. Now, Rune, I'm... I'm just trying to process my brain, all this information that you've shared and have taught us so far. I, I just want to say I'm, I'm first off very appreciative of you being so generous and sharing all this information because I know that uh, a lot of this information is, is, is it comes from your experience and mm. your experience has been years and years and years and years and years. And, you know, to, to be able to, to share that, experience with others is is very very empowering and inspiring so thank you very much for that i sure. i can't thank you enough and i know everyone listening is is definitely enjoying enjoying your advice and all of that um i do have and i know i know it's pretty late now where you are right now and i want to make sure that you can still get a good sleep and all of that yeah, um, okay. i have a question that it's kind of a I'll just jump into it. It's it's one I didn't uh, I don't ever send this question to people ahead of time, <laughs> but it's my favorite one. So I want you to imagine a future 
a future time. So maybe it's like tomorrow, maybe it's like five years from now. And an evil magician, okay, just imagine an evil magician somehow targets Rune yourself. And what this this magician does is he erases you from the minds of everybody that's ever known you or ever seen you, ever heard your name. So essentially just their minds are wiped, this magical spells, whatever you want to call it. And now you need to reverse that spell, so to speak. You need to reverse that hypnosis, whatever, right? And to reverse it, it's whatever comes from your heart in this moment, as you think about this, whatever you comes from your heart of what you need to do to reverse it, that is exactly what will reverse it. What What's coming from your heart right now if that situation were to happen? Wow. Um, that's, that's a tough one, but I, I believe I'm in the situation I am today uh, and the reason for people maybe liking and loving what I do is not only because of the magic it's it's because of who i am as a person so i believe i would just you know you know step back in, into the you know the the life on this universe again and just be myself you know be the same kind uh loving caring person that i am and uh, i uh, hopefully i would they would uh, you know get rune back into their uh, mind again and uh, and see uh you know, what's, what's good about me. It's, it's not about the magic really. It's about who I am as a person. Ah, that's, that's so important. Yeah. Do you feel that's even more important than having a magical character is to yeah. just be yourself the most? Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that, uh, if you, you know, try to translate that again into, uh, having success, uh, even as a performer or in the competitions or anything, uh, if you have a nice character, you seem to be, you know, a, a very decent and calm and, you know, love and caring person, um, you will win a lot of hearts. And But it needs to be true. You need to be uh, truthful for your audience. And uh, I think that kind of, that's what has been my baseline all the time. And uh, magic is something, just some additional uh, spice on the top. So uh, at least that's how it works for me. It can be totally right. different from someone else, but you know that has been my kind of style. Incredible. Mm. Thank you so much, Rune. Um, before, before we let everybody go here, do you have any last few pieces of advice for magicians? <laughs> well, um, you know, I meant what I said earlier. If, there, if there's someone out there that, you know, want to do competitions and maybe want to do hear more about my experience, because, I mean, I even have a lecture about how to succeed in competitions. So uh, please, you know, get in touch with me. I can, you know, share a lot of more uh, than we, you know, had time to do here. But mm -hmm. uh, um, at, at least there's a couple of, you know, final tips. Um no one out there has any kind of limitations. So, you know, believe in your, believe in yourself and set goals and get help and set new goals and get more help. And, and even though you're doing, doing competitions or not, you know, do it anyway. And uh, the creativity you have, you know, gives you kudos and creds in the magic community. So, you know, keep on believing in yourself and, uh, you know, stretch kind of for the, the, um, the, 
difficult uh, things to do. So, um, you know, keep on believing in yourself and um, aim for the stars, I guess. Aim for the stars. I love it. How, now, what's the best ways or way for people to connect with you? Oh, it's probably Facebook uh, Messenger. So, uh, you know, just look up my name, Rune Carlson. There's not many people that are magicians <laughs> uh, out there with my name. So, but I have, I have the same uh, name. It's Rune Carlson on, you know, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. So, yeah, you can add me and uh, we can hook up and share some more magic uh, theory and ideas. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Rune, for your time. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I, Man, this has uh, been my favorite, favorite episode so far. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And there you have it, everybody. That was Rune Carlson from Norway. What an amazing episode. I learned so much. I really want to get out there and compete now. Like After talking with Matt Gore and now Rune, let's go. Let's compete. Let's make some waves let's make some new magic let's fool some magicians but then also create magic for the lay audience and fool their pants off of them too like let's go let's use this time to just keep creating and creating and creating getting inspired learning and growing let's go let's go all right thanks guys for your time and attention hope you learned something alongside myself and i'll see you in the next one see ya have a good day yeah